Hello, you're listening to Art Smitten on Sin. That was Dirt Lifter by Forever Renter, which is from this week's local Sweet 16 playlist. We are now joined by a guest. Yeah, we're so excited to be speaking to Betra Fraval today, whose work is going to be exhibited um, at this year's R&M McGiven Prize. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your work that is going to be exhibited at this year's R&M McGiven Prize? Yep. So the theme this year for the R&M McGiven is the Anthropocene. So all the artworks in this prize will respond in some way to that theme. Um, My work was... um, made at a beautiful site in South America from a place I went to visit called Rainbow Mountain, which um, has become an image that a lot of people know from looking at Instagram. It's kind of psychedelic and like something that you've never seen before. And it's only been revealed in the last five years. So the relationship to Anthropocene is due to global warming, this beautiful geologic wonder has been revealed for the first time. And what was sort of the process of making that? Was it sort of like you um, went to South America with the intent of um, developing that or it sort of happened while you were there? Yeah, no, I, I never have a specific location in mind, but they do always tend to be places that have some relationship to human impact. So whether it's something like at the back of Anglesey where they have a site which has been completely exca- excavated through mining, and it's just been left like a, you know, a, another planet. It's incredible. Or somewhere like Iron Blown in um, Tasmania, which they've um, completely changed the landscape. So humans have just completely um, carved up the landscape and changed it forever. So. Betra, I noticed that there's a lot of uh, landscapes yes. in, in your work. I was just wondering uh, what made you passionate about kind of nature art? Yeah, um so I, I started out working more broadly in um, an interest in matter and the universe. And I guess through an experience of uh, my partner, who is an ecologist and likes to go and climb mountains and do a lot of things in the Australian landscape, I've become more intrepid because of that. So, yeah, through through really connecting with going to certain places that are filled with wonder and beauty and and then bringing that through the art. Very nice. Um, So for any of our uh, listeners who say want to become exhibition artists, uh, what is the process behind becoming one? Mm. Which part of the process? So so as in exhibiting in galleries or the studio practice? Because there there are quite a lot of different... Yeah, essentially, yeah, just setting yourself up to be an artist that can tour around and have your work sold at, at conventions and yeah, exhibitions so and so I'm forth. if I'm thinking about my advice to a young artist, and I think it's, oh, there's so many things that when you're younger, I think some things are easier, actually, because you probably have um, less fear. And I think living in a, a material world does have its um, tests for artists. Um, even as a successful artist, I think the relationship to what you can earn in a lifetime is very different to if you go and work in property development or some other area. But I, I've, I would give the advice to a young artist that um, to stay really true to what inspires you because you get pushed all over the place when you're studying and when you're younger to 
produce a certain type of work and at the end of the day if you're going to do it for the rest of your life you may as well be doing something that you really love and I feel like I've created a practice where I get to travel around the world I'm currently living in Finland where I get to see landscapes that I are so different to Australia and the fact that that becomes work that's a pretty great gig I think Did that answer your question? Yes. That, yes, that went broad. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. What sort of, um, is it something in your career that led you specifically to Finland or did you just go and get really inspired and end up setting up there? Yeah, so a lot of the intrepid stuff has come through my partner who is a physicist and he works um, partly in RMIT um, here in ecology and in Helsinki University. So, so it's sort of like a half-half sort of. Yeah, yeah, so he brings in this kind of very different um, sort of interest through science and mm. um, matter in a, in a way that I look at it through more wonder and translating it through my art, so it's a good... Yeah, um, and you spend time in the Peruvian rainforest as well and we were just wondering a little bit about your journey and experience doing that and how that impacted your work. Yeah, and uh, that was way beyond what I could imagine. I, I don't know if... Um, Most people have seen Indiana Jones, but when I was a kid, <laughs> those scenes where everything's alive with insects and moving, I mean, it really was like that in the <laughs> rainforest. So it's one thing to imagine the wild and how incredible that is. But when you're actually in it, and mm. it, it was like a straw hut in the middle of the rainforest and tarantulas in the kitchen, oh snakes, you know, <sighs> carrying off poisonous frogs and you know all, all of that stuff but I Is think very confronting or really yeah. was confronting and and even just to make art in an in an environment where you're not sure if things are biting you or crawling on you but I think being in that kind of world it makes you really changed as well by that mm. experience yeah sure So uh, for some of our younger listeners, they may be at that point in their lives where they have to decide whether they want to go to university or not. And I was wondering, uh, in that respect, uh, what can you say about your time at the Victorian College of the Arts? Yeah, I, I often think about Victorian College of the Arts. I mean, I go back there all of the time and I feel like no one can teach you how to make art. But going through a place like that, you are building a cohort that support you for, for the rest of your life throughout. Times where you may all be struggling with similar things or wondering how you're going to survive or someone learns a bit of information about how to do something. Or, um, yeah, I think that's the best part about Victorian College of the Arts. I don't know about the other institutions, but I, I feel like I really got that there and it was a special place it still is a special place for me I look forward to going back and seeing the grad show next week and having mm. that experience of seeing what all the next generation are doing yeah so it's pretty special yeah sounds great um and for you know uh for any listeners that don't know you are an, an award-winning artist oh. and <laughs> I was just wondering what awards you were most uh proud of from oh. your career I feel like every time someone says yes or someone says you're doing, you're on the right path, I think for all artists, those things sustain you because a lot of the time you spend eight hours or more by yourself in a room thinking about things. You know, there's very few jobs where that's your life. And so when you have another person or someone who's um, recognized and they say, 
you're doing a great job. I think you know we all want to hear that. So yeah, I think um, the ones that come through the art school are especially great though, because it's kind of like yeah, they're they're the institution that your art family. So it feels really nice mm. to have that. Terrific. Yeah. And other than like awards, you've had really um, interesting residencies as well. So one in the Blue Mountains and even in New Delhi in India as well. Yep. So have any of those been a particular career highlight? I mean, I'm sure they've all been really uh, amazing experiences. So I really wanted to talk. So for young artists, they should all know about Res Artists. Um, so it's, I don't know if I'm allowed to say their website, but this is where I am. Mm-hmm. So it's resartist.org and you can get on there and if you're dreaming about going to the south of France or going to India or Africa, wherever it is, they have a list of all sorts of amazing adventures. And some of them are are subsidised and some of them you can just try and figure out how to support that yourself. But Mm -hmm. they're all life-changing, actually. You, You go there with an idea, like some, I think India was my first one, and you go there with an idea of what you are going to make and then you get there and everything is just different yeah even just getting materials and then yeah you're you're you are changed by those experiences in a in a great way i think and i imagine you draw lots of inspiration from the cultural differences as well yeah and sometimes it can just be something really simple like you can't get the paper that you're used to using so you have to go to a market and you find some handmade paper and someone's using henna and you 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 have all these materials that you would never you'd never think of using, but you, out of necessity, you have to try something new. Mm. Or maybe the people you're working with. Um, So recently in Helsinki, I met a choreographer and she's like, why don't we do something together? And that's, so those things kind of happen when you're out of your comfort zone, I think. Yeah, Um, for sure. Interesting. So obviously Instagram lends itself really well to your profession because it's a visual medium. Yeah. Uh, I was just wondering if you had any advice for young younger artists building their following on on Instagram and social medias. Yeah, I mean, just try try and get as as um, as many skills in that area as you can. Because I feel like when I first started making art, we didn't have to do that. But I feel like now this is a direct link to your audience, and I didn't originally have um, a natural relationship with Instagram. I, I went and learned how to use um, how to use Instagram for um, the timing of things and being able to um, work out which things are actually talking to people. And yeah, I mean, it's quite an intimate way to talk to your audience. So yeah, definitely. Um, I was just wondering. Uh, to get biographical for a second, yeah. I was just wondering, uh, when did your family move from England to Australia and which kind of culture do you think influenced your work in a more profound way? Mm. Interesting question. Um, I think being nomadic, so I consider myself nomadic because even though I was born in England, I also lived six years in Las Vegas in the desert. So my relationship to place is definitely always informing the work, um, but not one specific place. I think that idea of trying to create a sort of memory or evoke a sense of place or, yeah. yeah. But coming to Australia, I've been here for oh, over 20 years. So 1993 I came here, so it's a long time now. And I think the the wildness of the landscape here has really affected my work. And There'd be a lot to draw from, yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
very nice. Yeah. Amazing. Um, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. And I think a lot of our young listeners who are very in the creative world will hopefully get really inspired by that. And you're listening to Art Smitten here on Sin.